thank you for picking those songs out for us. You didn't know this, but in class a while ago, Miss Janice, she brought up the very words of that first song we sang, and she, she kind of sung it out a little bit for us, and then we sung, sung that, uh, and then you didn't know when you picked that last song that we were going to be talking about how great our God is tonight, about how awesome our God is. So Holy Spirit always moves. He always kind of, he, he gets our minds in the same thing, kind of gets us in the same direction, and it's always reaffirming, not that I don't think that God's in control, but it's always neat when the songs that, that, that we sing go along with something that we've, that we've discussed or go along with the message. So uh, Jennings and I, we don't, very seldom do we talk about what songs we're going to sing. It's just God doing, doing what He does. Alright, Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. I got it right tonight. Praise the Lord, I got the right chapter on this. We're probably not going to get through the whole chapter. We'll probably just do the first 15 verses. But man, this is, this is good stuff. I know I say this a lot with, with these stories we've been seeing in Joshua. But, but man, I, just, I can just envision these, these, these things that Joshua and the Israelites are going through. I can just kind of see these battles and kind of imagine what I think maybe that the people were feeling. Uh, that is, the Israelite people, Joshua, the other people they were attacking. Just kind of trying to imagine and thinking about, well, what were they thinking what was in their mind, what was going on as they were getting ready to go in and they had already gone in, they were taking this promised land, uh, they had had some bumps along the road because of their disobedience, but God is, is giving them the land that he had told them that he was going to give them. And this, this story tonight just really shows us how, how un, unbelievably awesome our God is. Well, I say unbelievably, I believe it, so I guess it's not unbelievable, but it shows us how awesome God is. This is... This is this is a good story. I won't say one of my favorite because they all are, I think, at least at this, this portion of Joshua that we're in. But we're just going to go through a verse or two at a time, and we're just going to kind of break down what's going on in the text for uh, Joshua and the people of Israel. So let's pray, and then we'll jump in. God, I thank you for this good text tonight, and I pray that it would, it would do us some good, dear Lord. I pray that you just would speak through me, that you would, you would help me to say something that's going to be just what we need to hear tonight, God. I pray that you help us to see your strength and your power and your might, dear Lord. I pray that we get some encouragement from your word tonight, maybe correction if, if that's what we need, but let the Holy Spirit just lead and guide us. God, hide me behind the cross and let, let tonight's reading of your word be good for us. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 10. Verse 1. Now Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured Ai and completely destroyed it, <clears throat> treating Ai and its king as he had Jericho and its king, and that the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were living among them. So that, that catches us up, and real briefly, what had happened. People of Israel had destroyed Jericho. They went to destroy Ai. They didn't do what they were supposed to do right uh, prior to that. They didn't win. They took care of the problem. They went back in. God handed uh, AI over to them. And then last week we saw where there was a group of people that come in uh, from Gibeon, and they had made a, a, a tr they had lied to the people of Israel, essentially. They said, oh, we've come from a foreign land because they didn't want the Israelites coming in, taking over their, their city. And they fooled the Israelites, and they had done made a treaty with them, and they stuck by it even though that they had deceived them. And so that's what uh, was being reiterated in those first few verses. And so this other king of Jerusalem, this Adonai Zedek, I probably didn't pronounce that name right, he had heard all these things that had taken place. 
So Adonai Zedek and his people were greatly alarmed because Gibeon was a large city like one of the royal cities. It was larger than Ai, and all its men were warriors. So this king was alarmed. I'm not really sure exactly why he was alarmed, but it's possible that he, he, he had heard what Israel was doing on their own, and not only what Israel was doing, because God was on their side, let's not forget, but now, not only that, but they've got these Gibeonites who he says are warriors. And so it is likely that this king was afraid. Not only do you have one strong opponent, but now they've got all these people of Gibeon who, who they have teamed up with, so to speak, at least in his mind, uh, and he sees what's going on there. I don't know if that's exactly what he meant there when he talks about these uh, these men of Gibeon being warriors, but, but I think that that's probably what the king had on his mind is now we've got a major problem on our hands and we need to deal with that problem. Therefore, Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent word to Hoham, king of Hebron, Piram, king of, of Jarmuth, Jephiah, king of Lachish, and Debir, king of Eglon, saying, Come up and help me. We will attack Gibeon because they have made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. Now it could have been that the king that the king here was upset because Gibeon didn't stand to try to protect the land, but instead uh, they went trying to seek help with the Israelites. So we don't really know exactly what was on the king's mind, what his motivation was, but he decided that they needed to attack Gibeon. And so he went to all these other kings in the area and he said, look, let's team up so that we will have a better chance to stand against the people of Gibeon. So the five Amorite kings, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, joined forces, advanced with all their armies, besieged Gibeon, and fought against it. Then the men of Gibeon sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal, Don't abandon your servants. Come quickly and save us. Help us, for all the Amorite kings living in the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua and his whole military force, including all the fighting men, came from Gilgal. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them, for I have handed them over to you. Not one of them will be able to stand against you. That's a, that's a good section of text because think about this. The Israelites had been fooled by the Gibeonites. And now these other people are coming in and attacking them. And they're calling for the people of Israel to come help them. And you know what? They go and help them. And God says, I'm going to hand these people over to you. <laughs> now, if it had been me, I'd have said, hey, look, you deceived us. I ain't going to fight for you. But they didn't. They said, look, we are your servants. Because of that treaty that was made, the people of Israel went and fought on behalf of the Gibeonites, even though they weren't, or yeah, the Gibeonites, even though they weren't God's chosen people. And that's, that's reassuring for me as, as a Christian, to know that I'm not an Israelite by birth, but, but God still chose me, even though I was an enemy. The, the people that, of Gibeon that, that the Israelites teamed up with, they were their enemies. But even, even though they misled them and tricked them, they still made a treaty with them, and they still upheld it. They still fought for them. 
And God fights for us, Christian. When we come to the Lord, we are his servants. God fights for us. I'm not saying that we're like the Gibeonites in the sense that we are deceitful. Hopefully we're not deceitful. We can't deceive the Lord. But God was protecting them. Not only was God protecting Israel, but he was also protecting the people of Gibeon. So Joshua caught them by surprise after marching all night from Gilgal. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. He defeated them in a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them through the ascent of Beth Haran, and struck them down as far as Ezekiah and Machedah. As they fled before Israel, the Lord threw large hailstones on them from the sky along the descendant of Beth Horon all the way to Ezekiah, and they died. More of them died from hell than the Israelites killed with the sword. That's a pretty interesting thing to note there, that it was God who killed most of them. It was God who came to the rescue. It was God who was fighting alongside the Israelites. God told them to go. There was some faith that was required on Joshua and the Israelites' part. There was some obedience that was required. They could have said, no, we're not going to defend them. They deceived us. They're getting what they deserve. Let their city be destroyed. They could have had that attitude, but they had already made that treaty, and they were obedient to say, look, God, you have called us to go. In faith, we are going to go, believing that you have handed them over to us, and we're going to do what you call us to do. And when the faith and obedience of the Israelites uh, took place and they went to fight on behalf of Gibeon, it was the Lord who did most of the fighting, who caused most of the damage. Can you imagine these hailstones being cast down from heaven? That would have been a sight to see. Now some may say, well, well, that's not, that's not to be taken literal. I, I personally believe it is. I believe that we serve a God. He can throw anything from heaven that he wants to throw. I believe that we serve a God who fights for us. And that's important for us to remember. Christian. We may not see God casting down hailstones on those who are giving us hard times, but we serve a God who fights for us. We serve a God who is there for us in our difficult times when our enemies are pressing down. We serve a God who we can go to and we can know that he hears our prayers and that he is going to deliver us. Maybe not in the time that we want, maybe not as quick as we want, but we serve a good God. God doesn't leave us on our own to fend for ourselves. He didn't leave the people of Israel on their own to fend for themselves, And he does not leave us to fend for ourselves. Going on a little further, verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to the Israelites, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the presence of Israel. Sun stand still over Gibeon and moon over the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on its enemies. Isn't this written in the book of Jashar? So the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed its setting almost a full day. There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord listened to the voice of a man because the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua and all Israel with him returned to the camp at Gilgal. Now that's pretty that's pretty cool. I love I love this story. I love this story. Can you imagine being there? And you're the Israelites and you see God raining down these hailstones destroying your enemies and then all of a sudden the one who is who is your leader Joshua says God make the sun and the moon stop in the sky and it stopped for almost a full day the text said. 
Boy, you'd think the Israelites would never doubt anything again after seeing that, right? They would be like, whoa, this is unbelievable. That's a pretty awesome God that can stop the sun in its tracks. Now, there's, there's a lot of, lot of debate about this verse. There's a lot of people who would say that, well, it, it must not be taken literally. It must be that. It must mean this. It must mean that. And, and all kind of different things. If you want to talk about it later, we will. I won't get into it with you. But look, I got no problem believing that God can stop the moon and the sun in its tracks. People say, but, but the earth is spinning a thousand miles an hour. If it just stopped suddenly, water would crash all over the place. Look, if God can speak the sun into existence, God can stop the earth from spinning. God can do whatever he wants to do. And God did it. God did it. God did what Joshua requested for him to do, and they were able to destroy their enemies. Not only did he do it, but, but I think that Joshua is making sure to say, hey, I'm not the only one saying this. He goes on and quotes from uh, the book of Jashar, saying uh, that the book of Jashar covered the same event. He also goes on to say that there's never been a day like it, and there's never been a day since. We serve an awesome God. We serve a mighty God. A God who at the request... Of his servant, who had to, can you imagine the faith that Joshua had to have to ask God to stop the day in its tracks? I wouldn't even be so bold enough to think about asking God to do that. But Joshua did it, and God listened. And God delivered his people, and even God delivered those, those deceitful old Gibeonites whose town was being destroyed. So next time you see these problems in your life and you think, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. This is just too tough. Don't forget the God that you serve. You serve a God who we've seen miracle after miracle that Jesus did on Sunday mornings. And we see tonight that we serve a God who can stop the day in its tracks to do His will. So next time you worry, next time you feel weak, know that God's power is perfected in weakness. Scripture says His grace is sufficient. So hang on, trust in Him, and know that His strength can get you through whatever it is you're going through. Let's pray. God, we come to You tonight, and we thank You for this, this awesome text. To see Your power at work, dear Lord, just to, just to imagine how grand that day must have been. It's hard for us to, to imagine, dear Lord, but you are, you, are, you are cool. You give us cool stories like this to read, and it's, it's exciting to know that, that we serve you, dear Lord. And so I pray that you'd help us to get something from your word tonight. I pray that you would help us to draw strength, know that, that you fight for us, dear Lord, that you're on our side, that you're there to, to take care of us, God. We see that time and time again with your people, Israel. We see that sometimes they're disobedient and they fail, but we see, God, that sometimes they're obedient and they succeed. So help us to, to not be those who, who don't listen to your word, but help us to be those who are obedient to your word, dear Lord God. If we've gotten off track, maybe we find ourselves in a mess, just like these old Israelites did sometimes, because they, they begin to live based on what they wanted. God, maybe some of us are like that, and if we are, I pray that you'd help us to see that and to turn to you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.